Welcome to episode 209 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent and Jason here, and this week we've got Murderous Mary with us. What do you think about that? I mean, are you happy? About I'm that? very happy. I'm super psyched, and this was a great conversation. That's right. This is this is one of the ones in doing this. This is one of the ones you want, and you know, it just it 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 reaffirms why they're you know one of our favorites around here. That's right. They're relatively new, but they have quickly rose up the ranks of what we love. That's for sure. Definitely, definitely. Uh, you know, I think you know the the term kindred spirits can come into play. You know, we have a lot of the same shit in common. You know, we've all been to a lot of the same shows, same tours, and you know have the same kind of ideals on music and whatnot. So this was it was really cool, and I'm glad that everyone gets to hear it. Oh yeah, we'll get into that here shortly. Yes. But first, let you know we are sponsored by DEB Concerts and MedFarm. DEB Concerts, promoter here in Tulsa that keeps bringing shows of bands we love, and it's no different. Coming up here on February 13th, just about a week away, Saxon rolls in to Tulsa to play the Ideal Ballroom. And that, my friends, will be fantastic. If you have never seen Saxon, now's your opportunity if you're in this area of the country. Yeah, don't miss this. It's going to be insane. Yeah. Biff Byford and that band never puts on a subpar show, I can promise you, from our experiences, and I guarantee you they don't. Oh, no, and, just... and one thing is, I, I don't ever like to really pinpoint and focus in on a band's age. You know, that's not what we're here to do, but I can't ignore the fact that at their age, they put on the caliber of show that they do. It's It's kind of you know, freakish, inhuman in a way. Yeah. Um, it, it's... You can compare it's ins- it to Iron Maiden in that sense. Yes, it's insane. So, I mean, uh, uh, what I just said, don't miss this. Yes, February 13th, Ideal Ballroom, Down for Five and Mud Flux will be opening up the show. Yeah. And you can get tickets from both of them. You actually save a few bucks that way, and it helps them out. Just hit these guys up on their Facebook page, figure out a way if you're out of town. You know, they'll still get the tickets to you without a problem. So hit up one of those bands if you're coming to the show. Eddie Trunk will be hosting the show, and it'll be a great one. Oh, hands down. Yeah. And DEB Concerts and Doug Burgess have sponsored a stage at Rocklahoma again for the third year. But the difference about this year is that the DNB processing stage is now in Doug's hands as far as booking. And we'll be talking, you know, we've talked about all the bands that are playing that. There's bands like... Bisto Blanco, Strutter, Lita Ford, Ace Freely, The Normandies, Zen Hipster. A ton of bands, and we'll be talking about that as the weeks come up leading up to the show. Of course. So, we need to let you know we're also sponsored by MedFarm. This is a dispensary in Broken Arrow. They're off Highway 51, about halfway between Broken Arrow and Coweta. They're relatively new, but they are, if you look at their Facebook the reviews are all extremely high. Everybody seems to be extremely happy about their selection and the process and everything. I went in there. They had a huge selection. You can go in there any Friday or Saturday from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. They've got a doctor on site if you need to get a card. If you've already got a card, just head in there and tell them Thunder Underground sent you, and you'll get 10% off your first order, which that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, definitely. And they are cannabis with the cause 30% of their profits 
is going to help build no-kill animal shelters, which is another very awesome thing and very, very cool to see that happen and very glad to be a part of that. Oh, for you sure. You know, on the small part that we are here. Exactly. So, yeah, check out MedFarm. It's M-E-D-P-H-A-R-M. Follow them on Facebook. Follow them on Instagram at MedFarmOK. And tell them we sent you. All right. Coming up this Saturday, February 9th, at the Shrine in Tulsa, will be Holata Fest. Yes. This is the third annual Holata Fest. And one of the bands playing is Fist of Rage. They sure are. They have uh, a little under, what, six, eight months now. They've had a new vocalist, Brax, formerly of Enslaved by Fear. He... They released a song with him on vocals a while back, and I'm kind of surprised we haven't played it to this point yet, but that's what we're going to do now. This is Fist of Rage, The Last Time.
the last time from Fist of Rage. If you've been following those guys, you can tell that Brax's vocals, of course, changed the sound of that band. And it's it's a great thing. They were great before. They're great now. Very cool to to see Brack. Brack. God, I can't even speak. To see Brax back. I was trying to say Brax and back at the same time. Yes. To see Brax back behind the microphone. He's been playing bass with Violent Victim for a while. Yeah. To see him back behind the microphone now with Fist of Rage. This is a great song, and they're great live. He sounds great singing all the the older stuff that Andy sang. So if you have not seen him or you've never heard him outside of that song, look into him and get your ass out to a lot of fest. Who else is going to be there? Uh, we've got, uh, let's see, Killing Katie, uh, Razor Wire Halo, 13X, uh, Arjuna, and Spook are going to be there. Uh, Spook, sorry, uh, Dixie Wrecked, uh, Zen Hipster, and Fist of Rage. And our guests today, Murderous Mary, will be there as well. That's right. That's a great lineup. Bring in bands from a few other places, Arkansas and Missouri as well. Yeah. Yeah, and it benefits the uh, Red Dirt Relief Fund, uh, and it's a great way to honor John Halata. Um, and it's uh, 10 bucks. Uh, show starts at 3 so get out there. Yeah, you got all day to see some great music, and it, it varies, widely varies in style. Definitely, and that's the cool thing. Yeah, you've got Murderous Mary clear up to some heavy stuff, yeah. and like you just heard from Fist of Rage as well. So, what do you think of that song? I didn't even ask you for it. I jumped. Right I thought it was a great song. I like what Brax is bringing to it. I like what he's bringing to that band. Um, you know, riffs. I, I you know, V solo is awesome as always. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's it's a ball squasher. Ball squasher. That's what we like here, right? <laughs> yep. All right, so yeah, it's got a Mary. good hook too. So okay, yeah. sorry, I had to get that in there. <laughs> good hooks are always great. Yes, that's, that's right. That's right. Especially the movie from the nineties. Oh man, good. I no, I didn't yeah. like that. Okay, never mind. Moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Murderous Mary is our guest this week. We've got Michael Davis, Jordan Bartlett, and Mike Starkey. Yes, this is actually Starkey's. Second time to be on the show. That's right. He was on here. Man, it's been, I didn't look up when it was, but I think the episode number was 48. Yeah. And we are now at 209. So as you can tell, it's been quite a while. He was on here with Screamer and Mutiny, which coincidentally we talked about Halata Fest. And John Halata was on that episode as well. Yes. So check that one out if you have not. But in the here and now, Murderous Mary's been around for right at about a year. Been playing shows for seven months or so and we're very glad to finally you know this is one of those bands we've talked about we need to get these on ever since you know we started seeing them last year and yeah glad that we finally have oh for sure yeah so it's great great leading up to a lot of fest so once again get your ass out there to check these guys out and i say let's just jump into it because it's a big one roll it played with Second Glance and I filled in for Noise Estate. Noise Estate. Yeah. Just okay, cool. Yeah. On a, on the fly, man. Yeah. Pretty impressive. Their their drummer left the gig. 
left the gig? Like, yeah, they were like, uh, our drummer just left. Can you play? <laughs> wow. Yeah. And they so asked what... me to fill in for with covers, and I was like, okay, I, I've listened to all this pop punk stuff, but I've never played anything but Blink and Green Day. So I just <laughs> sat there and was like making notes, and I was like, fuck, 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 fuck. And, um, we opened with Damn It from Blink, and um, I, I, I fucked up because I was like, I need to play it like fast. So I was like, and I was like, fuck, this isn't working. This is too fast. I was like, okay, good. We're good. All right, this is great. And then I played one of their originals, and I they told me I nailed it. I was like, I don't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> I was like shaking like on stage. I was like, all right, yeah. I'm good to go, guys. Wow. <laughs> but... Control and drummer shaking. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, uh, no, that that turned out to be good. That that there was wow. like eighty people there too, and I was good like, practice, "Fucking yeah. a, yeah, you know, like yeah. trial by fire shit." Well, I mean, it's never it's, again. <laughs> <laughs> but it's that it's that kind of like uh, the spontaneity of it probably makes it like nine or ten practices in one. That's that true. you know. That's intense. Were you in the middle of it where you're like, why the fuck did I say yes to this? Yeah. Well, what was funny, I was telling Jordan this. I was like, they came up, they, they were asking for me. So I went up to them. I was like, hey, what's up, guys? And they told me their drummer left. And I was thinking, do you know any other drummers? Because, you know, that was my first thing. It's like, I, I know this, this guy, and this guy. Um, and I was like, I was so ready to name names. And they're like, do you want to do this? And I was like, yeah. And I thought, why the fuck did I say yeah. yes? Did that just leave my mouth? Um <laughs> And, uh... You were like, oh, next time? Yeah, yeah. Oh, oh, tonight? Right now? Oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, that was, that was nerve-wracking, so. Uh, but it, it turned out pretty good. The people had fun, and that was the main thing, you know. Um, and nobody, nobody left and was like, drummer. <laughs> yeah, so. Well, that's, that's cool, man. That's great. I, the, really, the only song I really fucked up on was, uh, I'm Not Okay, because I played it, like, in basically half time. Yeah. You know, instead yeah. of like Yeah. So that was about it. So I think you might be your own worst critic. Yeah. Well I guess start about how you guys came together because you guys really haven't been together. Has it even been a year yet? It's been like about right a, at a little been, over one just, year. Yep, just barely past a year. <clears throat> so I was going to sell some uh drum equipment at uh Drumworld is actually how I met Michael. Yeah. And uh, me and another guy were playing music, just kind of writing around the house. And then he joined. Uh, then we kind of revolving doored our way to uh, to Mike from Craigslist. Craigslist. Nice. nice. <laughs> sometimes you get murdered. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you get murdered. Sometimes you get a good bass player out of the deal. You just never know. <laughs> Discreet encounters. <laughs> you never know. It could be in the wrong play, too, Mike. You might get both. Right. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Good bass player for a couple years, then he might be. There you oh, go. Jeez, what a oh. story! Right. Yeah, I was in between. <laughs> I was out of mutiny. John had passed. Mm-hmm. I was jamming with some guys. We couldn't find a singer, and I was like, got tired of that. And I was looking for something, but I wasn't finding anything. I didn't want to do metal. Yeah, I really did not want to do metal, and I just put an ad up and. They got a hold of me. <laughs> so yeah, I think it we just kind of worked. <laughs> I felt like we were we were going down the right road when everybody in the band had a drum set. Yeah, <laughs> we all had just a, a plethora of equipment and stuff from doing this over the years. But but as opposed to 
finding another guy that has to borrow this and you know what I mean that you have to set up and and we were the guys that I think were probably trying to pull out all the stops and all the groups we'd played with and so uh, yeah. to me that was a good indicator you know usually somebody needs a cord or a ride to practice every time yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so we had, we found the guys with the instruments and rides and off we went yeah <laughs> hell yeah yeah. Well, how long? So you you said about a year ago was when your first gig, like June or July. Yeah, it was so, uh, it was June, so like was June seventeenth or something like that. Um, so it was a good what five or six months. Of I can't remember how long it was before there. we. I think so. Yeah, we uh, we once once we three got together and then you know figured a couple things out before before all that we were kind of I wouldn't say. I don't want to say writing process, but we were kind of, you know, getting our own style into the music that we wanted to. And, you know, um, mics can be, I don't want to say busy, that sounds like a bad word, but I mean, he, we're both really complimentary toward mm-hmm. each other. And I'm one of those guys that really likes to play two guitar. So it's like, we all just like the three piece thing just really blended well. And the idea of that was like, really cool. I always play to the drums. Yeah. yeah. And I play to the guitar, so it's like, you know, back and forth. <laughs> it works out. I just so. focus on me. <laughs> it's all about him. Damn singer. As a singer, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, um, but, yeah, uh, that, that first show, um, man, I had, I had a lot of a blast doing it, and we had, you know, our friends and family uh, came in, saw us, and, you know, there, there's people <clears throat> that I knew that was like, yeah, I don't know what to expect. And then they were, they came back and they're like, keep doing that. Yeah. Do that again. And it was like, that was, that was like one of those things to well, us. I watched the videos from that show yesterday and <laughs> it was pretty solid. Yeah. There was some good stuff there. For... Yeah. Well, it's got, you mentioned the six months leading up. Like we tried keyboard players. We tried the, you know, we put in the guitar player. We considered percussion type instruments. I mean, we really didn't know. We didn't set out with, Let's cook. if these bands, you know, made another band and said like, let's do that. There wasn't it wasn't as contrived. It was a lot more just kind of getting in a room, playing and seeing what you know organically comes out of that thing. So, yeah. uh, so that's been kind. It's kind of been a, a, a neat process for us to not to make something, you know, set out to complete this, but just see what comes up. So, yeah, yeah. that's probably what kind of took a little bit longer too. So yeah. interrupt you. Well, no, I was just going to ask, like, so on your Craigslist ad, what do you say? Like, looking for a rock band? Like, if you weren't wanting to do metal and you ended up with these two dudes. I don't remember what it said. Looking for a Honestly. rock band with a big dick? <laughs> male, well, didn't, male. Didn't find it. <laughs> Mike, I remember uh, one of your Facebook posts a long time ago was like, looking to play, you know, looking to see who's jam, but no metal. And I thought that was cool and that kind of. Because our next question is, you know, you know, you guys really aren't that, but you play with a lot of heavy bands around here and stuff. Is that just kind of how it's, it just falls that way, or is... That's what happens when you name your band Murderous Mary, I think. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah. It's a little misleading. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, yeah, it's like one of those things that you kind of have to explain just a little bit. We're, yeah, my band's Murderous Mary. We're not heavy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, not that and, heavy. And, you know, it's one of those things I think we've been pleasantly surprised with how it was received. Just knowing that we're in crowds of, you know, these people like a, a for most part, I'm going to typecast this crowd. They like a heavier sound that we don't necessarily provide. 
uh, at least not consistently throughout the set kind of thing. So, uh, yeah, it's been, I think, pleasantly surprising the reception we've gotten yeah. in some of those heavier situations. Yeah, I think that's really interesting because we've got some, I, I don't want to go full blast to say softer songs, but we do have songs that pull back a lot. And, you know, for, for a lot, especially the, the heavier crowd, it's like they love those softer songs or that, yeah. you know, we've got a song called What's Going On. Everybody seems to be gravitating towards that. And it's mm-hmm. like, it's, it's really interesting to me to see that, you know. Kind of not that song in particular, but it's like Planet Caravan, you know? Like yeah. when these heavy bands do these like dialed back, reserved things, sometimes great stuff happens like yeah. that. Yeah, song, for yeah. Example. So. Well, your your background seems, is it more punk and alternative kind of what you're talking? Well, um, I I actually, I never had a drum set till I was 15. I started playing drums when I was... Uh, it was like two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. So young. Um, I started playing drums when I was 11. I went to, like, it was in concert band, did honor band um, for concert and jazz, you know, all that sort of stuff. Um, but... My the first band that I was really really in playing gigs and whatnot was you know my punk band uh, the Men Second Glance and uh, they uh, you know that really got me out there you know I've done some things before and playing in front of you know people but that was really in a school setting you know when you're in um, I don't want to say tournaments but you know where you're being judged mm-hmm. basically for your playing and um, and solo solo judging and all that sort of stuff um so i would say punk was my first like you know stage sort of thing uh like playing in front of people outside of school um but you know i'm i wouldn't say i'm a punk drummer at all you know uh i i'm I'm a huge rush fan i i feel the need to say this to everybody (laughs) but i'm a huge i'm a huge rush fan that's really where my love of drum set started to come out and then the drummer being a Rush fan, yeah, I know, right? Get out of here. <laughs> Neil Peart, who's yeah, that yeah. guy. We found <laughs> us a unicorn. <laughs> <laughs> this guy thinks the original drummer of Rush is better than no, me. I don't know why you're saying. <laughs> hey, that. John Rutsey is I can't remember um, his name. It is great. <laughs> hey, Working Man's a great fucking song, but it, it absolutely is. It's my yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I would say that wasn't you know, Neil. No, no, he's the first. Oh, the first guy, like yeah, when John Rutsey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would. Dark turn. <laughs> I, I would say that yeah, my first my first experience playing to a lot of different crowds was was with the punk bands. So, so is this style of music something you've always been a fan of, or is this just something that kind of came along when you guys started jamming? No, no, no. I I I love what what we've got going. There, there was um. It was a very different sound than what we've had now. You know, we we've all together kind of coalesced it into this thing where it's it's ours um, because m- most of the stuff was from what Jordan had for ideas, like you know, little granules of either uh, lyrics or music that kind of formed into what we have. Uh, a lot of the stuff he had was already written out um, that he's had long ago, um, or you know, something that he came up with like a week before I showed up. But um but I would say, you know, this this is my baby. You know, this is something that I, I feel like I had a hand creating and helping, you know, play with. I I thoroughly enjoy this music because it, it I feel like there's more of me to it than playing somebody else's stuff that I've 
you know, just kind of hopped in on. Yeah. You know, no offense to the other band at all. I love the music, but this is this is my baby. Mm-hmm. So part of my baby. Three men and a baby. Let's talk about the films, guys. Uh, great films. Three men and yeah. a baby. Oh, yeah. God. What about three men and a little lady? Anyways, next question. <laughs> a, did you see the sequel? Oh, my God. Uh, wow. I'm sorry, I went TV. It um, wasn't that the sec- the sequel? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Three minutes a little late. So I'm trying to get away from this. And this <laughs> I didn't make that up. I didn't it up. So let's ask you guys a question. What do you what What do you think we are? What What genre would you call us? Question. Yeah, that's that's what I always thought. I mean, that sounds up. generic, but I just like it's when just, a band just sounds like a rock band. You know, you don't want to say this. You're not a hard rock band. You're not a blues band, but you have t- little tendencies of both. You know, so I'd say. Straightforward rock uh, just yeah. leaves it so wide open that yeah. people are like, yeah, okay, and then, you know. Yeah. More well, detail. It's people like, are always like, well, what do you sound like? Like, well, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, for fans of Molly Hatchet and Mr. Big. Oh, my God. What's up with you today? <laughs> I think, like, rock is de- kind of like what he said. It's just rock and roll. It's just good rock and roll, but there's also, to me... There's like just a little bit of like a rootsiness or like a organic thing. I don't know if that helps or if that organic you know, rock. I don't know if that like <laughs> you know explains it any better, but which I which I dig, and I also like the fact that you know you're not screaming or grunting or growling. Which don't get me wrong, I love a lot of that stuff, but there's like so much of it lately, and there's so much of it around here lately. Mm. So. I, I got to get that in there that, you know, kudos to that. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah. Definitely. It's funny when you start talking genres, I'm kind of the opinion that there's too many genres when mm-hmm. it's like, oh, I'm decaffeinated, half latte, you know, rock. What? Like, it's all, <laughs> yeah. there's too many descriptions on all these, these genres where you know, it used to be country, rock, blues, jazz. I mean, you know, a handful, not, mm-hmm. you know... Postmodern noise rock. Yeah. yeah. It's crazy. So, yeah, rock band. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> with an upright bass. Which, at times. At, at times. How did that come about? Where did that idea come from? Well, that, that upright actually belongs to my daughter. Okay. She was in jazz band in high school. and Nice. Um, she was playing an upright, and we were at a music store one day, and she fell in love with that so i got it for her for her 16th birthday <clears throat> well she's now 21 and in college and not really playing but she's like hey i'm gonna bring this all this gear to your house and, you know just keep it safe for me and i was, said if you bring that upright to my house i'm restringing it to be left-handed and i'm gonna play the motherfucker yes <laughs> and she was all about it so it's been harder i haven't used it the last couple shows because mm-hmm. There's a few songs I want to use it on and a few that I don't. And if the ones I want to play it on aren't like grouped together in the set, I don't like like going back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I haven't used it the last couple shows, but it's fun. I like it. Oh, yeah. It's really unique looking. It yeah. kind of sucks being stuck to one spot and not being able to <laughs> move around. Yeah. Yeah. When I you get a little wheel on the bottom of it. <laughs> 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 come out from under me. 
that guy from Old Crow Medicine Show just carries it all over the stage. I mean, and he's got one of those big, huge ones. So right. Yeah, that guy from, what was that band called? Uh, uh, from Parts Unknown. From Parts Unknown. He picked that son of a around him. Yeah. yeah, he did a whole Steve Harris thing with it. Or yeah. yeah. That was crazy. That dude was a badass. <laughs> that, that that we got to that show, they played, and I was like, I'm not even getting that son of a jelly call. That was, I think that was their drummer's first show with them. And I was like... Fuck it, I'm throwing the sticks in that guy can fill yeah, yeah. my slot, you know? That guy was awesome. Yeah, they were great. They were. Yeah. For sure. So yeah, it's a, back to the plethora of equipment. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where the upright bass come from? From all the all stuff the, yeah. laying around, man. Yeah. <laughs> was that the first time you had played one? Or had you played one? No, I'd never played I one. Yeah. It's it's definitely challenging. It's a lot different. There's no markers. There's no you know what I mean? Even from one string to the next, it's not exactly. I mean, it, you just gotta, you just gotta hear it. It's you know, you can move your finger a quarter inch, and you're in a different note. Yeah. yeah. There's a video I saw on YouTube, and it was like this guy explaining how, like a upright bass can never be like a specific tone. It's always like. One off is either flat or sharp or something, mm-hmm. just the hair bit, and it yeah. sounds so off. But I think they're so cool. It's definitely not something you want to play if somebody like Tony Hinton's out and giving you shots before the show. <laughs> <laughs> Oops! Oh man, what a show that was. We'll, we'll uh, you know, go around the room, just kind of each guy. You know, who was your guy that made you want to pick up the instrument or start singing or whatever? You know, like, we all have that one guy or that one band, you know. Funny enough, for me, to, to my first reason I ever wanted to play guitar wasn't even music. It was uh, Back to the Future. <laughs> the scene where he strums it, and if the speakers blow him across the room, you know, I was like, that's it. Michael J. Fox. Right. Twice already. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, jeez. I know. Oh, that's in there. I forgot it. <laughs> oh, shit. Sorry, okay, Michael. <laughs> I'm just a fan of anything Michael, you know, Mike, Michael, whatever I can. You're in the right band for it. Right, right. right. Jeez. But no, uh, actual music influences, uh, I kind of came up during the whole new metal stuff, you know what I mean? The late 90s, early 2000s, but Tool and Deftones and and all that kind of on the heavier side of things. Uh, I kind of lost, I don't like blast beats, personally, mm-hmm. so that's kind of one of the, the dividing lines for me. And in, in off the train there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like more of the, the, the riffier, slower, um, and I get into like some of the Dillinger Escape Plan, some of that kind of stuff, but uh, so a lot, of, a lot of that, a lot of, uh, I mean, Foo Fighters, and originally Nirvana, Metallica, you know, mm-hmm. first couple of songs, yeah, learns, smells like Teen Spirit, and uh uh, Interstate Man, yeah. you know what I mean? Oh, yeah. That, that was when I grew up, so that's kind of stuff I, I think I cut my teeth on, so to speak. And then, uh, never really wanted to be a singer. Uh, just couldn't ever find anybody else to do it. That's so long that it was <laughs> just frustrating and okay, and I started trying it, and anyways. That's just by default, man. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. Man, I grew up in the 70s, so... Growing up for me, it was all about Kiss. It was all Kiss. Then 80s came around, it was 
Van Halen, Motley Crue. Oh yeah. yeah. By the time I started playing, it was it was the nineties. You know, when I was a I was a huge fan of Cliff. Obviously, I was a huge fan of John Paul Jones. I mean, those guys are just yeah masters. But by the time I started playing, it was the nineties, and it was it was Mother Love Bone and Pearl Jam and Soundgarden and all the all that yeah. Runs, yeah. You know, and I don't play like any of those guys, but <laughs> yeah, he's you know, a big Mother Love Bone guy. Would, I love that. And so I, I've gone like somewhere else. I think we should talk is. Uh, and, and you guys too, you know, what do you feel like, this is why I listen to it and this is why I play it. And to me, I don't think they're the same. A lot of times they're not the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the, the people's, somebody, a musician's genre that they prefer, that they've listened to and really grown up with, oftentimes isn't necessarily the same thing that they're really playing. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys, I mean, do you, what did you start playing and, and listening to and well, how did that compare to the bands that you played with? Well, to that, I, I like that because I think it brings something different to whatever genre that you play. Right. When you just don't listen to, you know, if a metal guy doesn't really listen to metal all the time, you know, it, you know, but, you know, for me, it was, you know, I was in the, you know, I'll take one thanks, you know, uh, you know, it was, I, in the late 80s, I was 11, 12, so I started with hair bands and, uh, I'll always be loyal to him because that's what opened me up to everything else. So I think that's a genre that is kind of made fun of and probably kind of deserves it here and there. But I'll always, thank you very much. I'll always, you know, always champion it. But but before, after that, it was Big Four, Metallica, Cumegadeth, Larry Anthrax. Okay. That was like, whoa. That was me in the 80s. Yeah, that was just a punch in the gut. Right. And, you know, in Slayer, not so much. That came around a little later, but, you know, definitely those three. And then you go listen to what all the, you go read what all those bands liked. And so that takes you back. It takes you forward. Yeah. Takes you to shit you never heard of. And so that's kind of where it went. Yeah. There's, um, I, I think that's absolutely spot on. Uh, there's a lot of, there's so many bands that kind of stay, I would say stagnant because they're only, they're in like a echo chamber, basically. Like they say something that comes right back at them. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) They say something that comes right back at them. If you're saying the exact same thing, you're just repeating yourself over and over again. There's no room Mm -hmm. for improvement. I think that's very important for somebody to do that. Like, that's me with jazz. You know, I'm not a jazz drummer by any means. I'm trying to learn it to be better, like, you know, to be a little more, have more finesse. And I think it comes through lately in some songs and some new stuff that we're doing. Um, not full blast, but, yeah. you know, just a little bit there. I, and I think that's, you know, I think it's good for people to do that. Yeah, definitely. So, so what have you been listening to? What are you cut on? I don't play music. <laughs> but, people I mean, usually ask you guys questions. Yeah, every every <laughs> few episodes, wants to ask us stuff. But the same thing, you know, the '80s, the Guns and Roses, Motley Crue, Def Leppard. Yeah. What Man. about synth pop? We keep talking about the '80s. I never. I mean, I I like that stuff. Okay, but I wasn't ever big on it. Back right. then. I like it more now, I think, than I did then. Oh, so, man, Duran Duran was. Yeah, I mean, I like Devil. That's the shit. Man. Yeah, Depeche Mode. I mean, it's still great. I don't care. 
I mean, when I was really young, it was Michael Jackson and Bruce Springsteen. <laughs> then I got out of that, and then I went back to it later. Right. But then I kind of went like same with him, Anthrax and Metallica, and then in the Pantera and the '90s metal like Fear Factory. But at the same time, I still love stuff, you know, like The Who and right. Smith and yeah, I even love and Cheryl Crow. You know, so just it doesn't really matter to me. Yeah, yeah. Cool. like pretty much everything except techno and EDM. Gotcha. <laughs> Something from everything, at least. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you, I, I can I can listen to Warrant, and I can go put on a 311 record. You know? Yeah. I mean, it's just... And I think that's a great way to be. I mean, you know, it's not bad. Diverse. Yeah, yes, definitely diverse. Yeah. I, I There's a... My parents, you know, because I, I was born 94, and so I'm, I'm a youngin', and... <laughs> and um I'm playing with these relics, so um, <laughs> oh, man. So just kidding. You let them talk to you like that? <laughs> kids these days. Yeah. Fucking so kids. My elders <laughs> Um No no uh my, my my parents really, you know, affected a lot of music that I listened to and a lot of the, the the stuff I watched too. I mean, hell I <laughs> when I was like 11, I was watching Die Hard with my dad, yeah. you know, and like Predator and all this, and Back to the Future is like one of my favorite movies. It really is. And, um, you know, so I I think because of them, I, I was very influenced with, you know, I guess culture-wise, you know, music, um, art, and even literature. Like a lot of the stuff in the 80s, they passed down to me. And uh, I, I love New Wave stuff, like especially like 80s New Wave. You know, I love The Cure. Um, and, uh, you know, Devo, you know, (laughs) things like that. So I I really, I listen to a bunch of stuff. (laughs) Whoops it good. good. (laughs) Yes. So that's, that's what I'll say is I'm, I'm kind of the same way too. Mm. So I think some of the, the eighties synth pop that, that we all kind of grew up hearing on the radio and and everything in big plays is kind of coming back now with glass animals and and young, the giant and all these, Mm. these current bands and, some of those are a little little guilty pleasures for me, you know, uh, kind of reminiscent, I guess, of of some of those older synth songs. So, uh, starting to get back into some of that, you know. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's another talking point is guilty pleasures. I mean, a lot of there's a, a saying I like is you know there's no guilty pleasures. If you like it, you know, right? Then go with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I've I, I've wrestled with that myself, you know. So when I'm, you know, I mean, he, he'll listen to Spice Girls, so I don't know. <laughs> but then again, I'm like, well, maybe I shouldn't judge him, but I don't know. Get in touch with it. You know? yeah, yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Ginger Spice is a gift to this fucking world. I can't. <laughs> I'm so not I kidding. I, love it, fucking, I need to listen to him. He went to the theater to see Spice World. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not joking. Meatloaf was in it. Come on. Oh man! Oh shit, meatloaf. Yeah. I think it, does that make it better or worse? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. yeah. I think uh, I don't know Lana Del Rey. You know, some of this like just I don't know. I'm, I'm it's kind of bad, like just shitty pop, but it's good. <laughs> something so, about it, you know. Yeah, it's, it's got something for sure. <laughs> you know, Mike doesn't have any guilty pleasures. <laughs> yeah, I don't think I really do. Oh. Well, damn. No, I, was like, I was joking. <laughs> Mike, Mike's guilty pleasure is named Michael, and he plays the drums. So. <laughs> oh, Michael. 
Hey, come on, we gotta connect somehow. Yeah, you know. <laughs> um, I, um, I would say, I mean, I, I wouldn't say no doubt is a guilty pleasure because I mean they're they're freaking awesome in my yeah, opinion. There's no shame in that. No, yeah. no guilt, nothing. Um, but I I will belt out, especially with my wife. I'm just a girl, so that's. <laughs> I mean, and see, that's a great fucking song. I've always liked, you know. Yeah, I get it totally. Yeah, totally. So maybe that's a little bit too much information. <laughs> no, hey, I'm with you. I'm with you all the way. So I'll own that too. I wouldn't call it a guilty pleasure, but in the last year, I've got really into. Tom Petty. Yeah. I love some Tom Petty. Oh, man. Yeah. Especially the later stuff. Yeah. Um, stuff that didn't get any kind of radio play at all. But yeah, those last two albums were great. Fucking great. What was, uh, well, God, now it's The probably, last DJ was great, but that's been like 15 years ago. Oh, now. yeah. What, what record is the one with the, oh, I can't, the Rhino Skin? What record was that? Uh, that was like the second to the last album, wasn't it? I I that was a great fucking record. Hypnotic Eyes, fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Mojo's great. I think it's Mojo probably. Yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely. I was just listening to XM Radio, Tom Petty Station, and there was a uh, guest DJ, I don't even know who it was, mentioned uh, getting a tattoo of the line uh, Tom Petty wrote. I don't know the song, maybe you guys do, but it was something along the lines of most of the things I worry about never happen anyways. Yeah. And yeah. I was like, oh, that's pretty, pretty profound. I think yeah, that's that- what... So what was cool about Tom Petty is, is this three chord rock with like profound, you know, epiphany kind of stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah absolutely. Yeah, he didn't take no fucking shit from anybody either. Yeah, yeah. he stood his ground on a lot of stuff and, well, and he won't back like, down. Like was... made big changes in well, the industry actually. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and yeah, because there's I remember an article in Rolling Stone around the ninety nine two thousand. I don't know. You know, when everything was really starting to change as far as, like, you know, pirated music and whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, He did a thing like 10 things that the record business needs to do or 10 things or some some kind of countdown thing he wrote himself, you know, and he went off about, you know, concert tickets don't have to be this expensive. I can charge this much for a ticket and everyone still gets paid on my crew and my band and we all still do good. Yeah. And you don't need to build the fans. And and I thought that was cool. And then you think, and that was probably 15 years ago. And, then, you know, God, you know, I wonder what he thought about concert prices now. Right. Yeah. But just that attitude, you know, was mm-hmm. great, you know, that someone in his position said some stuff like that. And he seems like almost overlooked, I think, in a lot of ways. I mean, it's, he's not overlooked, but missing credit, I guess. Because yeah. he was, he's like one of the, the godfathers. I mean, this guy goes back, you know, to, to Dylan days. Yeah. I mean, and is, exactly. is that level. And, uh, I mean, household name for sure, but. And the band is just yeah. phenomenal. And fucking Mike Campbell's probably the most underrated guitar player ever. No doubt, no doubt. And, uh, he's a Fleetwood Mac now. One thing he had all those things. He was considered yeah. a classic rock guy because of that. And then he had huge hits in the fucking 90s in the middle of Nirvana and yeah. Pearl Jam era and all that shit. Right. Which no one, I mean, Aerosmith did it, I guess, but no one else really did that right. in that era. Yeah. When, and Aerosmith, in my opinion, got a little cheesy and like, you know, a little, I don't know, probably misled by their, their marketing team and all that kind of stuff, whereas Tom Petty didn't didn't go that way. I mean, yeah. he's very true to himself, but that's the, the image that I saw. Right. Yeah. yeah, he never got... Flashy like Aerosmith did. Yeah. 
he left that in the, the 70s and, and early 80s, it looked like, you know? There's yeah. some pretty funny old photos out there, but I guess that's unfortunate for all of us, because... Yeah. Yeah, we all got that. But does anyone know that... I read this like a year or two ago, and I had no clue. I can't remember where I read it, but... You know the Freeway Cafe? Yeah. On 3rd? Yeah. Supposedly, that's where he signed his contract for the record deal. For his, <laughs> Holy for the shit. Heartbreakers. I know he did come to Tulsa and, and signed a deal. They were on their way to L.A. So I was like, what was and the some, relevance And somebody here got him to stop on their way. <clears throat> and I believe the guy actually gave him a fistful of cash and was like, go ahead and go to L.A. and see what you can see. And, wow. Uh, I did not know that. <laughs> if they don't have some kind of plaque or, like, marker. Well, yeah. was, <clears throat> I was, that's the place off of... Uh, it's I like they definitely did come to Tulsa and do some something. stuff. I think it's Third and Sheridan, right? Third, yeah, oh, sure. I was there like two or three weeks ago. There's yeah. nothing in there about Tom Petty. It's they all should. little race Maybe cars. Those yes, ones. that's it. That's yeah. the place, yeah. There's, there's two of them. I don't know where. I thought it was that one. Oh, yeah, because it was the week of the Chili Bowl, so there's like all these people with race car shirts in there. Right. Yeah, they should have a. They oh, should yeah. have something, about, you know. Yeah. Hell Hanks has pictures of Waylon Jennings up in... Yeah, I saw that. Uh, I saw that years ago. Yeah, and him in there, so shit. Hmm. Thanks, Tulsa. Yeah. <laughs> Tulsa's got some history. Yeah. Yes, it does. Leon Russell. Man. Yeah. That guy. Well, so where's everybody from? Is everybody here from Tulsa? Pretty much. I mean, I was born in Oxnard, California, but okay. I moved here when I was two. Have so. you guys lived anywhere else as a, an adult to be conscious and aware of the other music scenes out there? Oklahoma City, but just <laughs> but that was like back when I was going to school in Norman. Okay. But they're conscious and aware of everything. Yeah. And right. that was around 2000, <laughs> so that's not really indicative of, you know, indicative of now or anything. Right, right. I mean, we kind of know because, you know, we know a lot of those people now because of this podcast. Gotcha. But yeah. not anywhere near as much as we know what's going on here, but still. I got you. No, well, the the, what I was getting at is just the the unique situation we've got in Tulsa for, I mean, and it's stated over and over everywhere, but I don't think you can overstate the, the vibrant scene that we've got here, the amount of peripheral support with through podcasts and promoters and, and every, you know, not just the bands. I mean, there's a there's an infrastructure to our scene. Yeah. Um, I've lived in Dallas, Birmingham, Alabama, and Denton, Texas as an adult, and Dallas doesn't have a scene, period, to me. It's it's big traveling shows. Locally, it's all covers. You're only you're only getting paid cover bands. I mean, which is the same everywhere, but it's just a focus on that. There's not a whole lot of local shows, and not to mention you're driving. There's nothing local about it. I mean, a, a local show for us, 45-minute drive sometimes for, you know, hole in the wall that's, you know, playing for free, doing that whole thing. Well, it's a little easier to do when it's Tulsa, and you can, you know, invest that time. Uh, Alabama, Birmingham actually had a similar scene. Uh, they're very similar to, to Tulsa in size and, and kind of where they're at and, uh, rejuvenating their downtown and that kind of stuff. There's a lot of, a lot of pride locally. Yeah. Um, in their city like there is here. And then Denton, just because of the school, you know, uh, the, the, uh, University of North Texas and the jazz program there. Yeah. Uh, there's just, that's almost like, just overload. There's, there's people are playing everywhere. I mean, there's any night of the week you can, 
run into at a buddy's house a little, you know, a group of guys practicing for the jazz program or something. Um, Not to mention you've got little small pizza parlor type places putting on shows, Um, but not the same amount of night after night, seven days a week, you know, what we've got here. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, I mean, right now it's, it's best as I've seen. And, you know, I've said this before. But when I played out heavy was in the late 90s, early 2000s. And for us just to be, you know, a hard rock band or, you know, just kind of heavy, whatever, it was rough because it was all new metal around here. If you weren't in a cover band, you were in a new metal band. And if you didn't rap or have a DJ, I mean, they were just like, fuck you. I mean, we were literally, like Airhead said, we played to 15 people and most of them were the other bands and their girlfriends. Mm, right. And then, you know, so that goes away and I didn't want to do covers. And so, you know, when we started this a few years ago, jumping back into it, I wasn't sure what it was going to be like. And it's just so much, so much more diverse and, you know, friendlier, way fucking more friendlier. And it's just, uh, there's more places to play for original bands, I think. I mean, there's not a whole lot, but there was always one place right. for like six months, and then it would shut down, and right. then like six months later, another place would crop up right. for like six months till that went away. And so, you know, hopefully this can, you know, with, you know, downtown being different now and everything, hopefully it'll get better and just keep being this way. Yeah, I mean, and, and right now, to me, I've been, I start kind of trying to run through it in my head and think, uh, you know, uh, Blackbird, Mercury Lounge, Venue Shrine, uh, Fur Shop, uh, Vanguard. Ju- Vanguard, Juice Maker, Lounge, Rabbit Hole. Yeah. I mean... There never it, used to be that fucking many places. I mean, yeah, pretty quickly. Awesome. You, you get up to almost 10 fairly quickly that are, that are good venues. Yeah. You know, not just... BYOB and we have a stage and, you know, we're going to do some underground shows, which that was kind of cool in some of its own right, but this is something you can, you know, make happen when yeah. we're right here, it yeah. seems like. Yeah. And typically there's too much to do. Which show, you have to decide uh-huh. which show are you going to go do. Yeah. You know, and, uh. And that's not a bad problem to have. No, not at all. <laughs> or what shows are going on while you're trying to have a show. Yeah. <laughs> that, that is a Fuck. little problematic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bunnies at dawn. Scheduling our show the night of the We Are Tulsa Musical. Man. Bunnies of Doom, here I come. <laughs> There's I something know. going on the night of Halata Fest, too. What is that? I can't, um, can't remember. No. Yeah. It, there's something else. There's always, you know, there's something else going on, too. I can't remember. <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's something that. Badass Renee's or something going on? I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, that's yeah. that's good, though. That's good, in a way. Yeah. 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 Man, a lot of fests. I'm excited about that. Yeah, that's going to be a good show. That's, um... And that, that brings up another point. I noticed last year at a lot of fests, you know, they, you know, he starts at 2 or 3 in the afternoon, and 3 o'clock, I mean, the shrine was pretty full, if I can remember correctly. I mean, it wasn't like packed, but, and again, that's something that never happened. 
you know, back in the day. So that's good too, I think. Yeah. That's one of the many good points about Holada Fest. But you know, it's it's cool when you've got an older guy in your band. You can really get that early crowd out. You know, they, they, they got early bedtimes. They got all kinds of things. So we really strategically vitamin disband. regimens. They got to keep up. They gotta right, centrum silvers to take. So gotta, we, gotta get their fiber in. We really just try to span that. And, you know, we don't shy away from early shows. That's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. We typically yeah. like to play first. <laughs> Most of the time, if we can, we play first. I've still got a bedtime, you know. So <laughs> I got to put him to bed, and then and you know, it's you know, it's, it's work for me. It's good that you own that before one of them said something because <laughs> it was probably coming. <laughs> yeah, <coughs> half expected at first. <laughs> well, speaking of a lot of fest, what's it mean to you personally playing this show as someone that worked directly? Man, with it's John? you know, I was disappointed last year that didn't get to be part of it because we were just starting <clears throat> or at least I had just got here. They had been playing for a while, but you know, I just always want to be a part of it. You know, the first, the first year I w- went back and played with screaming red. I had just left the band for scheduling issues just before John passed but I went back and played with them, and then last year I didn't get to be part of it. I went, but, you know, I don't know. I think about John every day. Yeah. I'm glad we get to get to play and be a part of it. Yeah. Casey wanted us to do a joint effects song, and we kind of didn't get off our ass and learn one, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> hey, you got a week. Come on. Right? <laughs> yeah, I think flattered. You know, is, is where I'm at with the whole thing, just to yeah. be a part of it. Uh, there's no shortage of stories uh, that I've heard, not knowing John personally, but but hearing all the, the stories is pretty uh, prolific in a lot of people's lives. So, yeah, flattered to be there, and, and we're just hoping to, to do it justice. And all those, all the bands that are, you know, that were asked to come and play, too. I mean, that that's playing with, you know... All, I don't know most of those guys, those bands. So it's really kind of cool to be a part of that as well. Mm-hmm. You know, honoring John's life. Uh, you know, it's the most important thing. Yeah, so. definitely. Yeah, it's gonna be a good day. So really cool. Yeah, for sure. John would be like, "Man, don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> don't do that. You don't need to do that." I don't, I don't know if he would be accepting of it if yeah. he were here today, but. <laughs> I have great memories of being in the van and just driving to shows with John. Yeah. It was a good time. That's it's awesome. always a good time. Yeah. But keeping that, that show going is cool because it just keeps his name fresh in people's minds because there's, you know, a lot of people that love it are like, you know, they'll listen to Joint Effect, going to meet me for a while, but then it might slip in their mind years later. And now it's always going to be there to people that want yeah. to get close to it. And these newer bands on. coming up yeah. that, yeah. Might look into it because like, oh, what's this? You know, in twenty twenty two or something. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is that a Back to the Future reference? What is that? Twenty twenty two? No, I thought that was twenty. Twenty fifteen. Yeah, October. October twenty second. You know that's where the twenty good lord. You guys are fucking nerds. (laughs) Yeah, nerd it up. No shit. Do you know this guy? Was that one of our 
early podcast. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah, that was like <laughs> you know at least three years ago now. Probably that was three years ago. I, I'd been working at Drumroll for about a year. You were interviewing Jason, um, yeah. Jason Gillardi at Drumworld, and you guys came up and I was like, "Oh, hey guys!" And um, at the uh, We Are Tulsa uh, show, uh, I think it was last year. Um, Mike, I was hanging out with Mike and he interview, interviewed, he introduced me, uh, to you and I was like, holy shit, it's Jason. I was like, I haven't seen that guy forever. And, um, so yeah, that, yeah, I, that, that's kind of weird that I'm, I'm part of it now. Cause yeah. that was like episode like 70 was, or something. Well, well, no, I think it was one of the first ones and I'm like, I think it's in oh the 20s, God, you know, this guy's in Caroline's spine, I'm fucking nervous and now it's like, it's, you know. But he was like the nicest fucking guy in the yeah. world. Yeah, coolest and guy. You guys yeah. fucking interview everybody. Yeah, like, <laughs> you've interviewed some. Some well, I tell you pretty, what, it is. it's pretty big names. It's all my connections and all the hard work I put into it. He yeah, doesn't from 2003 do anything. to 2016, <laughs> he developed all kinds of contacts. Oh yeah, yeah. It was just, <laughs> let me tell you, it's all this guy. Every bit of it. All the props. Gene Simmons. So, how big of a douche was Gene Simmons? (laughs) He was. This is no shit, man. Go ahead. I know. I was saying people always assume that, but he was one of the coolest people we've ever done it with. He was gracious as hell, man. Huh? Yeah. Touring musicians or whatever. Yeah. I always see people talking about what an asshole he is in person. Could you yeah. smell the Shannon tweet on him? <laughs> no. no, no, he did have a badass two-story RV though. Yeah, it was the Holy first two-story shit. RV ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and probably the only one I'll ever fucking be in. <laughs> but my God, yeah. and he made but, someone give me a Dr Pepper. Which was cool. Yeah, he had someone go get turned to soda. Like, oh, like, yeah, he like, was Dr Pepper. I'm like, yeah, he's like, get him a Dr Pepper. <laughs> nice. He tasted the rockstar life. Back row too. I was like. Uh, I didn't know if I was supposed to answer. Right. Man, Kiss was my <laughs> life from from down. like yeah. five years old yeah. until about twelve. Yeah, it was Kiss. I was a Kiss freak, and now the more stories, the more I read about them, like you couldn't pay me to go see them. Uh, that was I was going to ask you, what do you think about it now? You know, knowing yeah. they're putting the other two dudes in the makeup and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, I I'm not down. Yeah. It's amazing to me that, I mean, what a time in history where you can be Kiss, like where that's accepted, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, Over the yeah. top uh, show, you know, all about the show and the image, I mean, in a huge way, bigger than the rest, you know? Yeah. And uh, it's, I don't know, I think all the, there's a lot of emulators trying to do something similar to that, and it's just painful. Yeah. You know, it's so funny, because um, they're apparently, there's a story out that they're doing, you know... Uh, tracks for vocals or whatever and it's so funny because the day before um that came out i think i was listening to the 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 burgess podcast where he interviewed him and he's talking about that with cinderella and was it cinderella oh i can't i can't remember yeah um can we use tracks for vocals oh yeah where he was saying that he (laughs) he called up and he was arguing with eddie trump yeah yeah that was that was that was so funny and then the next day i saw that about kiss and it was like what a, what a coincidence. Yeah. That's so weird. Um, I, mean, I saw Kiss when they were in Tulsa in 78, 79, whatever year that was. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And I'm, tell, I'm telling you what, it was arguably probably one of the coolest shows I've ever seen. I, I bet, man. I bet. It was, Especially back in the day. It was I mean, badass. Do you remember who 
was with them or who opened? I do not remember who opened. <laughs> the convention center, probably. It was at the convention the center. center way back. But, you know, Gene Simmons <laughs> flying up to City, the rafters and singing the God of Thunder yeah. and the fire and the blood and Ace Freely shooting lasers. You know, he had a, a Les Paul floating and he's shooting lasers out of this one into that. And Holy shit. The fucking drum riser tilted up like this. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. I mean, it was the whole fucking enchilada. That's awesome. It was <laughs> badass. I was nine years old. It's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw the um, the reunion, the first one, like in '96 when they first all four got back together in Oklahoma City, and I'm good. <laughs> was that without the face paint? That was right. Was right when they put it back on and okay. got Ace and Peter back, and they did all that that you were just saying, you know, with the drums and the right. Gene and all the flying and all that shit. I think Gene should always wear the face paint. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I saw that the '70s yeah. show, and then I saw him in the '80s with Wasp, and That's after that, I no interest <laughs> in seeing Kiss ever again. Yeah. I wish I could have seen the Revenge Tour, but other than that, I feel like I missed. That was a great record. I like that record. I'm I'm surrounded by guys at work that that you know used to worship Kiss. I mean, uh, you know, Jason obviously. Jason, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, you see all that stuff in his room. Yeah. Donaldson loves Kiss. Oh, yeah, oh, God. Um, so like every time I you know go into either Matt's office or, or Jason's you know teaching room, it's like just Kiss plastered everywhere. Yeah. So what yeah. what's uh, like top top live show or or couple or whatever some some memorable ones last like. Five ten years, like fairly Who? Romstein. Okay. Oh man. Fuck man. For me, God, I don't know. I, think, I don't know if this is. I'm sure there's more, but just right off the top of my head was uh, not the last time Steve Vai was at Kane's Ballroom, but the time before that, um, I was going through a lot of personal shit and I was not happy. But that's a whole other story. And I went to this show, and uh, like he. The first song he played, then after that he said something about how, you know, we're here to just, you know, <clears throat> put all the bad stuff behind us and just for tonight have a good time. And I mean, that's a pretty common thing that people say it shows. Right. Yeah. But for some reason, that kind of struck me right there and I got a little choked up and, and just, you know, I love that guy anyways. Right. You know, and, and that was just an amazing show for me. That was great. So, yeah, that's my off-top-of-the-head answer. So. What you guys got? You go first. Hmm. I don't know. What sticks out in my head is a few years ago, I saw Incubus at the joint. And it was a fucking phenomenal show. Really? It was fucking amazing. I remember that. It's been... Yeah. It's been like six, seven years ago, probably. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I Michael, you've only got a couple years to pull from. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, I, I love the ball bust in here. That's what we're all about. Um, well, I mean, uh, my first really big concert was was Rush when they were here on their last tour. They opened in Tulsa, and that oh, was like I, yeah. a dream to me, you know. Uh, but you know, as much obviously that should be my answer because I'm the fucking Rush fan. Yeah, <laughs> but. I, when uh, when I saw Primus, I was blown away because they were still, you know, no pun intended, in their seemed like in their prime. Mm-hmm. So it it was like I wasn't missing anything. When I saw uh, Black Sabbath, I sat there and it was a great show, but I felt like I I missed the time to see them. And Rush was fucking phenomenal, yeah. but there was a part of me that thought the same thing. Really? And but when I saw Primus, that was the show that I was like, 
I was I was blown away. I had a, so much fun watching it. They were everything was the stage performance, the the songs, even the set lists, even some of the stuff I wasn't really familiar with was like was great. Was so that the one at the Bray just recently? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, like I said this on the podcast right after that show, but I worked at that show. Oh shit. I, you know, was in the venue when they were yeah. sound checking. Yeah. And I just heard someone playing bass, and I thought it was just like his tech or something. Then all of a sudden, you could tell that it was him. So I just walked out there under the balcony, was watching. And then one of his guys runs up and like yells, he's like, everybody has to be out. <laughs> so I just stepped back out of their view. Yeah. Into just, a room, and you can still hear everything perfectly. Yeah. And they he sound checked just him playing bass for 30 minutes. Yeah. And the whole band came out and they played NIB without vocals. Yeah. And then he went back and played bass for another few minutes. It was like 40 minutes of just wow. Les Claypool. Damn. You bastard. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, I think most recently was uh, Primus and Mastodon together. That was okay. a good show. Yeah. Uh, before that, I, I mean, when I'm talking like top, I got to see uh, My Morning Jacket in Dallas. And Erica Badu sat in, and they covered Tyrone. Yeah. Wow, so cool. that was pretty, you know, yeah. something I won't see again. Uh, <laughs> and somebody I was kind of surprised that I was as impressed as I was by was Allison Chains with the new singer. Yeah. Seeing them at the Brady, it was like, the guy works his ass off and, and is a great front man. Yeah, but, that guy that guy can, he can sing, man. He's yeah, he's First awesome. time I saw them with him was an acoustic show at Kane's uh, yeah, several years yeah, ago. I was at yeah, I remember that show. Yeah, they came in. I worked on their bus that day. The driver came in with the bus and was like, you know, this and this and this. And, you know, it's a super high-end bus. I'm like, well, we don't have any parts for this. Like, yeah. you know, I'll do this and this. And he's like, I got tickets for you. They'll be at the they'll be at the show, you know. Yeah. Just show up and tell them. And I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah. And as soon as he left, I'm like on the phone to Kane's, like, hey, you know. And there, sure enough, there were some tickets there, and I was wow. like, fucking a, that's yeah. awesome. It was it was a good show. Yeah. So, a couple others, like biggest missed show. If you got like the one that you regret, I got a big one on that. Yeah. And uh, right. a bunch yeah. of those. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dio so, played the Kane's ballroom. Okay. It was Motorhead. Motorhead, yeah. Oh, oh holy wow. shit. <laughs> and this was not like back in the day. This was, well, it was it's been a while now. What, like early 2000s, 2000s or late yeah. night or something like that? I don't that. remember why I didn't go. I was in town. Right. I mean, I've seen Motorhead a few times, but I never saw Dio. Yeah. And so that still just haunts me to this day. Like even, oh, man. and then again, whenever Dio with uh, Black Sabbath, when they did Heaven and Hell, right. that tour. I played Dallas. I almost went to that. It was like then with Queen's Rag and someone else. Uh, Machine Head or some shit. Yeah. No, Megadeth. Or I Megadeth. My, mine, would be, mine would be Tom Petty in Oklahoma City mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. I, it was one of those things where I, he wasn't going to go. None of, none of my friends were going to go. And I was like, fuck it. I've never seen Tom Petty. I'll go by myself. And it was one of those, as things are today, you know, the tickets went on sale like nine, ten months before. So I bought the ticket, and then, I don't know, that week was just a rough week or whatever. I was tired as shit. It was in the middle of the week, so I'd have to drive there, drive back, and I just was like, fuck it, you know. I didn't go, and then he died. So oh my I was God. like, well, I'm an asshole. Right? <laughs> that was, that's probably my, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
Yeah, I didn't make the last Rush show. <clears throat> Never seen Rush. That sucks. Didn't see Tom Petty. Oh, didn't make it to the Maiden show. Oh, man. That's my three big ones right at the moment. I'm too young for Miss Chefs. There's definitely some. There's, there's, you know, you know, one thing I keep thinking, especially you know, my parents and everything. It's like I miss so much, you know, but I can't, I can't really complain. Yeah. Like I never saw Pantera either. God, right. yeah, yeah. I mean, I, you know, my parents listened to Pantera, and you know, I really never got into them. And then, like, I want to say, like a week before. Um, um, for a time, I know. Um, <laughs> God damn it! Why am I forgetting this freaking name? I don't know. I'm I'm on the spot now. Vinny, Vinny Paul, Vinny. Yeah, oh, yeah. why the fuck am I doing that? Um, drummer, are you? I know. <laughs> Jeez, I feel so embarrassed now. Um, no, As before, you should. right a week before, uh, you know, Vinny passed away. I ser- like literally seven days. I I put on um. Oh, vulgar, vulgar display of power. power. Yeah, vulgar display of power. And I, I was listening to it. I was like, Come on, Michael, get your shit. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I was like, this is fucking awesome. We, yeah. We're playing charades now. Yeah, yeah I know exactly. Um, <laughs> Three words. <laughs> and I was, I, I was like, this is fucking awesome. And then a week later, yeah. uh, and ever since then, I'm like, it's my fault. I yeah. fucking put on that record. Should have waited last minute. I should have seen them first. But no. Um, because, I mean, we, we've got one of his snare drums, uh, and I think we know somebody that signed a snare drum. Uh, we always talk about it, like when mm-hmm. I have a customer come in and talk about Pantera. But, yeah, um, yeah, that, that was, that was my thing. But I don't, I don't think I really have anything that I regretted not seeing. I'm pretty sore about missing Five Finger Death Punch or Oklahoma, and I don't lie, guys. Just kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> you love those guys. Oh man, right? <laughs> man, whatever year I go to Rocklahoma, I actually go inside the the gates yeah. for maybe three bands, four bands <laughs> the whole fucking weekend. The rest of the time, I'm at the camp yeah. or at Axis <laughs> or wherever the local bands are. Exactly. I usually go in and watch maybe four bands yeah. the whole weekend. So I had a uh, is it Bonnaroo? I forget which year, but. Back in my morning jacket, they played the 12 to 3 a.m. set. Three-hour wow. midnight jam deal. And uh, it, was, it was cold and rainy, and I was too tired and missed out. And it's oh, like man. Kicking myself. I, I don't think I had ever seen them at that time, you know, so I didn't know what I was missing. And then later I have, you know, the, yeah. the other times I've seen them that were so awesome, I'm like, it's like if you just power through, you know. Right. Yeah. And, you know, another one kind of similar was that the, ten years later, nine years later, another Bonnaroo. Gary Clark Jr. was playing, and that was one of those where it's like, okay, they're fucking hot. Like, you know, you can tell, like, they're just, like, palatable energy right now. And, uh, but my my morning jacket was playing, so I had to walk away from that to go see them. (laughs) Good news, they didn't disappoint, you know, but I still, you hated to walk away from somebody when they were just, like, you're you're seeing something special. Yeah. Um, One of the tours that I missed, I think would be cool, was Nine Schnails. When they had the the screen, the transparent screen in front, so that they could like project images on that and light the band, so his face or he would like Trent Reznor would pop up in these images with it. Fucking just cool, yeah, cool state. Like I think that would have been a neat show to see. Yeah. Um. But yeah, and then as far as like things I never had the opportunity, I always wanted to see Sublime. I thought that would have been a gotcha, cool band. Man. 
What's the craziest thing you guys ever saw at a show, in a, like in the crowd? Oh, got that <laughs> right now, right off the top of my yeah. Sorry, I, I'm just taking it. <laughs> um, it was uh, where you going? Uh, Megadeth in Oklahoma City. Um, it was Life of Agony opened up, and I can't remember what else. But anyways. I don't even remember what band it was. No, that was Impulsive Radio Theater. I think it was during Megadeth. You know, girls get on dudes' shoulders and show their tits all the time. No big deal. But it was two girls next to each other on two dudes, and they were showing their boobs, and they started making out. And everybody in the crowd went nuts and forgot that there was a Megadeth show going on stage. (laughs) And, like, you know... I'm going nuts because I'm in my 20s and, you know, that's what we do. You know, come on, you know. So anyways. <laughs> Not Michael. Next year, next year Michael will <laughs> <laughs> But that was just like, okay, I've never seen that before. That's interesting. So You know, you got that on the internet. I mean, you can look yeah, at sure, yeah, <laughs> it. But yeah, it was, God, it was uh, during the Risk Tour or some shit. It was like a long ass time ago. But yeah, that was crazy. Yours is I way see. better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> I've been seeing a dude take a shit in a crowd. No. Oh my god! But man. like, do you want to see that? No, no I'll trade no, you. No. <laughs> I saw two people having sex at the famous value tour in Oklahoma City on the floor of the fucking wow uh, the fairgrounds arena. Just in the middle like, of the show. Well, yeah, just up against the wall in the in the middle of I don't know, it's corn or lint biscuit or whatever. Wow, family values, right? Something you want to see? <laughs> yeah. I mean, were these were these good looking people, or were these? You know, I can't really remember. I, I, I feel like <laughs> I just high probability for no. Yeah, most likely. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, the, uh, Tommy sent you that video, at Rocklahoma. Oh yeah, some dude took a shit. Oh, I didn't even. That's not what I was. Doing. Yeah, I mean, that's, it was in the crowd. Yeah, you were saying, yeah. "Wow, fuck that." Um, or was it you? He sent it to. There's uh, up against one of those cement walls in the VIP. There's two people just going at it, like he had her bent over, and he was up on that scaffolding above the stage and he was videotaping it. it was, I guess that was somebody else. I didn't see that. There's that. <laughs> I've opened wow. a porta potty door and had two people fall out. Yeah. <laughs> oh my That's God. a romantic place to get, you know. Yeah. Yeah. And I saw this yeah. circle pit during Soundgarden at Lollapalooza 92. And it was in Dallas and it was outside and the general missionary was like up on this hill. Mm-hmm. And then there was the fence for the reserve seats or whatever. And there was this circle pit, huge. And there was this big, giant bonfire in the middle. And, I mean, there's hundreds of people. And, I mean, there's people falling on the downhill side and just fucking getting trampled. And this dude takes off running, cuts through, jumps, trying to jump over the fire and falls into the fire. And you see him just pop up, and he's just like beelining towards the medic area. Oh, yeah, Smoke definitely. coming off his back. I mean, it was fucking nuts. That's yeah. cool. So you've been to Burning Man. That's <laughs> Jesus. Burning Man Dallas. That's awesome. It was pretty intense. Oh, then Pearl Jam came on, and like the whole, everybody in the general missionary hit that fence and started climbing it, and the fucking fence comes down, and the whole fucking place just rushed the stage. That's nuts, man. Wow. Wow. Your story wins, man. That's great. That, that it was, was pretty great. crazy. We found like a bag of mushrooms on the ground, and oh, fucking, so we started eating mushrooms, and <laughs> they, so start, they started happened. kicking This is in. where the story started. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the mushrooms started kicking in during ministry. 
Oh, shit. And that was fucking intense. Yes. <laughs> and then Chili Peppers came on, and they had the fucking hot hats and oh, fire. Oh, my God. Holy fucking, shit. That is fucking great. What a show. That wow. was a show. Damn. That was a great fucking show. Well, there's time for the rest of us. That's the good news. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I remember people jumping the, the thing at wherever that place is called now. It used to be the Starflux in Dallas. Yeah. Um, at Ozfest. You know, everything's like normal. Just people rocking out, and there's the pit area. But as soon as Pantera started, people just like in a mass, not mass, but I mean enough people at security can stop it. Right. Just jumping over the yeah. second level down to the first level, and then first level into the pit, you know, and you couldn't even move in the pit. God, people were like awesome. just jumping into it and crowd surfing. Do you guys ever go to uh, the, uh, I think it was Bronco Bowl in Dallas? Never. It was a bowling alley oh, with yeah. a venue. I remember seeing all that. kinds of shows. It was there, an right? awesome venue. It, it had like uh, a big floor enough to have like a couple different little <laughs> rings of, of pit. Uh, and then it had, so with your floor ticket, you had a seat. And like that was the first section. Next thing up is all seats, but it. It elevated really drastically, so there wasn't a bad spot in the house. Yeah. And anyway, saw Deftones there a bunch, man. Those shows was the kind where, like I said, when everybody pushes forward and everybody jumps over, and you're like, you might die. You know what I mean? Get trampled or you just smash. Just so much pressure of people would get like really uncomfortable. But that was a cool venue. I don't know why that ever shut down. But (laughs) no story, you know, about it. (laughs) <laughs> Rocco Bowl. <laughs> Good venue. Oh, it'll, it'll happen. Yeah. It was crazy. Michael was in his seat at Rush and somebody was smoking a joint beside him. I know. It's like, <laughs> holy shit, this is crazy. <laughs> no, I, I don't I don't have any stories. I this uh when we were at a yeah, no, this well, real quick, lame story. <laughs> Michael, tell us about your birthday. What did you do for your birthday? Eat a carb heavy meal? Um, yeah, I had <laughs> You know, I had a pie. A pie. A pie. See what I mean? This, this guy yeah. parties. <laughs> Hang around him too long. You're going to have some stories. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was, I was working towards it. Yeah. What, what first shows? I got I got a cool one. one. Same weekend, Birmingham, Alabama, saw Violent Fins, which was oddly the most violent mosh pit I've ever been in. That is. Right? Yeah, odd, yeah. And then the next day, I had only read about Incubus and Guitar Magazines, and so I show up to the show... 500 people max, like a little small, you know, venue for Limp Biscuit with uh, Incubus Open. Nice. Unreal. On the science tour. So, Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That was your first show? Or your that was first my shows? first, yeah. I mean, same weekend. It was just like never been to a show before and then boom, like pretty big deals. Oh yeah. Uh, my my first ever show was some punk band in Okmulgee. Opening up for uh, one of the Spider-Man movies. <laughs> awesome. That shit doesn't count. Right. Uh, <laughs> um, Ticketed shows. Uh, yes. Uh, that, no. Um, the f- Rush. I mean, honestly, it was the first big show that I ever went to. I've seen, like, local shows before then, but that was the first big show that I really saw. Gotcha. gotcha. My was, uh, was still touring when you... <laughs> Mine was Led Zeppelin at the forum. And oh, the shut the fuck Holy up. Holy shit. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking, you saw Bonham? No. He's not that old. <laughs> no, it was Warren. No, it's also 91. 
Nice. Mine was obviously Kiss yeah, in the seventies. Yeah, right. Next, the next show I went to, my dad took me to. It was Stevie Nicks and Joe Walsh opening. Oh wow! And that was the show here in Tulsa where she fell off the stage. Oh yeah. Oh, okay. There's like two dudes at work that went to that show and always told me about that. <laughs> uh, mine was we, we went with him the the Warrant Trickster Firehouse show in '91 at the Pavilion in Tulsa and. Two takeaways from that, which go, which kind of speaks to strange things I saw, but not really, you know. There, I remember we were up in the bowl and looking down the ground, the seats, and there's this is so eighties. There's two dudes with like grand, beautiful, amazing mullets. <laughs> okay, and they both had on those like. Hammer-looking pants that used to be the thing back in back then, pants, with like yeah. yeah, and you know the real billowy and stuff, and they were like singing along to each other and doing dance moves like in unison with each other, total '80s shit. <laughs> and I thought this is this is yeah no, I mean I even knew then oh, yeah it's not cool. <laughs> no, see, we've been working on our choreography. Well, yeah, so there you go, and and, and then and then. Uh, so I was, and then there was the other part is, uh, Janie Lane told the crowd, um, it, you know, typical, you know, glam metal crap. I've got a tattoo on my dick that says, okay. And when it gets hard, it says Oklahoma and crowd pop. Everybody went nuts. Okay. So there's that. Well, after the show, my dad was, they let my dad inside the lobby to wait for us, to pick us up. Cause we we're like, I don't know, 13, I don't know. And uh, he's, I heard that guy, and you're never going to any of these concerts ever again. And I was like, thanks, Jane Lane, thanks a lot. And then, you know, six months later, my dad goes and buys me Metallica tickets for when they came to the pavilion. So, you know, that was awesome. That was my first show. That's another one I missed was Metallica with Cliff. Um, Wish I could have seen that. And you have the opportunities. Yep. I saw the Justice Tour twice, but one clip. Damn. Yeah. At this point, though, at least it was a new stat, I feel like. You know? Yeah. <laughs> now we're so far removed. It's like, yeah. Is Lars even I missed the show. Right. Yeah. Like Paul McCartney. Lars yeah. dive beats it's in the Lars. <laughs> <laughs> we, they found an equally big asshole somewhere. <laughs> I like Andy W.K. Oh, yeah, yeah, there's two Andrew WKs, yeah, I don't know about that. I have no idea. Oh, man. That was an interesting take, the whole, like, positive rock guy. You know what I mean? Like, man, yeah. we saw that guy at OzFest in 2000-whatever, when I when Party Hard was real big, and all those second-stage bands, you know, after they got done playing, they'd go to that tent, and you could just get in line and meet them and stuff. Right. He took... He literally took, you know, you know, a lot of those lines are just, you know, hey, thanks, get out of here. He literally took 10 to 15 minutes with every person. And he, there's no table. He sat face to face. And, like, if you were a group of friends, he would do all the group of friends at one time. Right. And me and uh, Josh and our buddy Thrasher, you know, we came in. He was like, are you three friends? He's like, okay, let me get. And he went and got an extra chair. And, I mean, he, what did you think about the show? Have you heard my record? Do you like it? What could I change? I mean, he was just, that to wow. me was insane because who does that, you know? Yeah. That was crazy. Yep. I, and that was really cool, you know? Huh. I saw him a couple of years ago at, in Norman on his spoken word thing. 
and he did the same thing. Like, he wanted to talk to him after the show. Right. He just went over there, and yeah. you had to be prepared to wait in line, because he would, he would sign it and take a picture, and you could walk away, or he'd sit there and talk to you about your fucking grandma for 30 minutes if you wanted. Right. And like, there were people I saw standing there for 15 minutes. It takes, like, 40 minutes to get to him, and we were, like, 10th people in line or something. Yeah, his <laughs> and his line was bigger than anybody's that day. And it lasted all night long because that's that's what he did the rest of the day after yeah. playing. Well, yeah. talking to rock stars or, or whatever, you know, meeting your your uh, idols, kind of funny. I met Incubus at a signing deal one time, and so I'm so excited, you know, like 15. Look up, and that was my idol guitar player, Mike Einziger. And so Brandon Boyd, he's just singer, whatever. Hey, yeah, you're cool. <laughs> and then. Uh, Get you know DJ. I don't know what to say to a DJ either. Yeah. Like, I like your scratches, and then uh, you know. So the, the lead guitar player, of course, Mike. I'm like, oh, you're the funk master, you know. Uh, all the praise. The bass player, dude, you're almost as good as Flea. And he's like, uh, thanks. Which to me, I'm like, dude, almost as good as Flea is pretty fucking good. But you know, like, it's, this this guy can probably play everything. Flea, you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway, so yeah. Uh, I've put my, I've tasted shoelaces a few times in my <laughs> life. And one time I was talking to Incubus. <laughs> oh man, hell yeah! I don't roll with that. I was a, I was an opposite side. I was a dick to betray you. Oh yeah, that was <laughs> whatever. That was classic. Like just because You're my I hero for that. I didn't even want to meet him. Like we were standing in line to get free Monster Energy drinks <laughs> at uh, Ozfest, yeah. and then they right when me and him got to the front of the line. They came and put a rope and said, hey, you know, the band's coming out. You guys will be the first in line. I'm like, what the fuck's going on? And they, they were doing a signing in there, and it's a tray you. I'm like, what do I turn around to him? Like, we've been waiting this line for 10 minutes to get a fucking free drink, so I pay $6 for water. And now i got to fucking meet this band I don't even like. Because we kept going in there all day because they give you free. Beer. I'm like, I don't want to be a dick and just walk right past them to get the free drink. I walked right by and I was like, mm, okay. But I'm like, I know a couple people that love this band, so I'll get the signed shit and give it to them. And I make it through all of them until the last dude. I don't even know who he was. And he's like, hey, what are you looking, you know, he starts asking me questions. Like, what song are you looking forward to hearing? Oh, no. And I'm like, I don't, the only song, the only thing I knew was they did a cover of Bon Jovi's You Give Love a Bad Man. <laughs> I'm like, you guys doing that cover of Bon Jovi? He's like, no. I'm like, I don't know, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this, this guy. This Original guy. bands love that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hey, this guy bowed up to Doyle of the Misfits. I thought we were all doomed on that day, but he, he he did it. I was proud of him. What was Doyle copping an attitude with you, dude? Oh yeah, yeah, big time. It well, was that was a, on his podcast. Yeah, okay, well, see, was funny. Like we, I got to hear like, the story. I'm like who the fuck is Doyle? Like, I guess like a good final wrap this back around is where you guys planning to take this as far as music. You guys got like three songs out now. We got to so, like, yeah. do an EP, an album, or just keep releasing singles, or what? So what we got right now is three songs we just put on Reverb Nation. Thanks for the opportunities to plug that. Um, that's more of a demo. It's kind of what we're considering it. We really didn't want to release it individually and try to build it up like big single releases. It's just to get something out there so we can, you know, start, have something to talk about, you know, and, and listen to and put an example about. Um, I don't know when. Right now we're we're heavily working on new material, um, trying to get that, you know, second and third kind of set, uh, built up. And then I think once we have some more songs, then we'll choose the, uh, I think we definitely want to do an EP 
just want to get some more material out so we can pick the right songs. What I don't want to do is go do a six-song EP and then finish the music and go, oh, shit, we should have done these songs instead of those songs. So right now we're trying to build up the uh, the stable of songs and then uh, definitely hoping to do an EP. I don't know. I would say maybe as soon as this summer. Uh, just Just depending on how things go. So yeah, that's long-term or mid-term, I guess. more songs written. and Yeah. Initial goal is still just write music, keep on. I mean, you know, we're we're still young. We're still uh, refining the sound and the the stage. You know, that whole side of it. Um, trying to always improve, I guess. More drums. <laughs> we like to add at Cal least a drum per show. Uh, yeah. Will you guys record? You guys have a space to record in? Or you well, so we've done that. Um, just like on, you know. Logic, I mean, just kind of the home thing. Uh, that's more just for us to kind of get an idea of what things are sounding like. I'm not an audio technician, so uh, I can't really, not something that we would ever put out. What we would like to do is is do some, some everything is, for the most part, there's a lot of cut and paste and copy and all, you know, heavily editing in, in a lot of recording today. What we're going to try to do uh, for our EP is more of a live track. Uh, kind of thing. So, yeah. you know, I think back to the trying to keep it a little rock and roll and, and you know, roots with that. Uh, not the, the modern editing <coughs> techniques, but the, hey, fucking play it. You know, get your part right and play it and, and make it <coughs> song. Old school so, recording. Right on, guys. We appreciate you. Thank yeah, I appreciate you guys Thank coming you. out. Yeah, this yeah. is cool. This is cool. Thanks for asking questions and, like, talking about music and shit. That's yeah. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> Oh man, all all day every day you guys can uh, turn the recorder off and we can just talk about music all the time, man. Yeah, yeah. Hit stop and then we can start really talking shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, fuck those guys. So the the true side of things, <laughs> the murderous side of Mary. There you go, Jordan Bartlett, Mike Starkey, and Michael Davis from Murderous Mary. A huge thank you to them for taking the time out to talk to us. We covered all kinds of stuff there and. You know, even just talking to these guys, we talked a lot before and a lot after yeah. we were recording, so it was probably twice as long as what you just heard, and so it was really cool to sit down with these guys, because it's easy to talk about music with anyone, especially if they're on the same page, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, like I said earlier, we, you know, so many of the same things and the same thoughts on on music. Uh, it was just, it, it's great to uh, get these like minds together and kind of uh, burn down all these subjects. It was awesome. Yeah. And all three of these guys are excellent musicians. This band's excellent. If you haven't heard them, just go back to the previous episode from this, episode 208. We just talked about some albums and some music, but we played one of their songs. Yeah. It's great. And also, if you're in the Oklahoma area, once again, this Saturday, February 9th, at the Venue Shrine, they're one of the bands that will be at Halata Fest. Exactly. So get your butt out there. It's only 10 bucks. All the proceeds, not part of the proceeds, but all the proceeds are going to charity. So this is a, a great deal in honor of the great John Halata. Definitely. All right, so if you need to hear some back episodes, like I said, 208 has some Murderous Mary on it. Episode 48 has Mike Starkey on it. Yep. And coincidentally, what you hear at the end of every episode... When Sprout says Thunder Underground, y'all, that was from that actual episode as well. Yes, it was. Um, and as far as the Fist of Rage, who we played a little bit ago, Man. they've been on a few times. I think as a whole, four times. Yes. You've got two with the band, 
one with Brax before he was in the band. Yeah. And one with Paulette along with CJ talking about the We Are Tulsa music show. Yeah, I mean, so it's vast and it's all there. You guys got to go check it out. Yeah, and we talked about in this episode about Kiss. Obviously, Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick have been here. Bands like Megadeth, Seven Dust, Shooter Jennings, Warrant, Tesla, Shine Down. Tons of bands we've had members on. A lot of other local bands around here like Driver, The Normandies, Scream Red Mutiny, Grind. I'm forgetting all kinds of great bands. Oh, man, there's so many. <laughs> Severmind. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, just... Uh, so just dig back through. Definitely do that. SoundCloud.com backslash Thunderdash Underground. You can listen on iTunes, Mixcloud, Google Music, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube. On YouTube, it's at The Thunder Underground. Instagram and Facebook are both The Thunder Underground as well. And Twitter is T-H-N-D-R-U-N-D-R Ground. Patreon, Thunder Underground. Look it up. Shoot us a few bucks. We'll use it to buy tickets to see Lana Del Rey. We're going to Jordan. <laughs> nice, nice. Us and Jordan are going, so we need three tickets. Definitely. I definitely can't say definitely enough. <laughs> hey, we're replacing you know with definitely now. Yeah, yeah it's going to be one or the other, you know? <laughs> That's right. But I guess that covers it, right? Yeah, we're out. All right. TheThunderUnderground.com is where everything's at. And until next time. And I also, you know, my girlfriend listens to a ton of reggae bands I've never heard of. And this sounds terrible. And But I hate when it's like the white dudes singing with the Jamaican oh, accent. Fuck. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude, yeah. just sing how you sing, man. Right. That's all you got to do. Come yeah. on, y'all. Yeah, it's like, fucking dude, cut off. it's like, dude, you're from Akron, okay? Shut the hell up, <laughs> all right? You know? And that just, it just goes right through me. I can't take it. But other than that, a lot of them are really good. Yeah. So cut your fucking dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thunder Underground, y'all.